You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbour as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Who is the Holy Spirit? What does he do? And so what? Those are the questions we're going to try and answer today. Today is Pentecost Sunday, the day we remember the Holy Spirit coming in power on the Apostles in Jerusalem often called the birthday of the church. You can read the whole story in Acts chapter 2, but I want to focus today on the somewhat mysterious character who was at the heart of the first Pentecost. As you're no doubt aware, some churches talk about the Holy Spirit a lot, whereas other churches talk about the Holy Spirit barely at all. Now, we're probably a good nudge towards the barely at all, end of talking about the Holy Spirit and so for some of you thinking about him or talking about him might feel a little bit weird, a bit uncomfortable. But in both kinds of churches, whether he's talked about a lot or a little, I think there's a good argument for saying that the Holy Spirit is probably the most misunderstood member of the Trinity. God the Father, we have some kind of a handle on who he is. He's the one that we tend to address in our prayers. Of course, in the Lord's Prayer, we begin, Our Father in Heaven. God the Son, well, that's Jesus. We read all about him in the Gospels. Fully human and yet also fully God. Born of a virgin, doer of miracles, teacher of great wisdom, died on a cross, rose from the dead, and now sits in heaven at his father's right hand and one day he will return to judge the living and the dead. 
mind-blowing stuff. But at least we have a, a categories, we have framework for thinking about him. But the Holy Spirit, well, unlike the Father, we don't often pray to the Holy Spirit. Not that we never should, but there are no prayers in the New Testament actually addressed directly to the Holy Spirit, mostly to the Father and a few to Jesus. So we're not used to speaking to the Holy Spirit. And unlike Jesus, the Holy Spirit doesn't have a body, so it's hard to visualise him. So, who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God and he is personal. The Holy Spirit is God and he is personal. We're not going to get into deep theological waters today, but this is fundamental. God is Trinity, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And the Father is God and the Son is God and the Spirit is God. In Matthew 28, 19, Jesus tells us to baptise in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, clearly treating the three persons of the Trinity equally as God. One God in three persons. The Holy Spirit is God. Secondly, the Holy Spirit is a person, not a mere force. We know this from John 14, 16, where Jesus said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. Jesus is speaking about his going away from the world and he says, when I go, I've been your helper here and now when I'm gone, the Father will send you another helper. Just as you have known me as your personal helper, you will know the Holy Spirit as your personal helper. So don't think of the force in Star Wars or something like that when you think of the Holy Spirit. He's not someone kind of just out there in the universe, a force to be tapped into at will. He's personal. And so although this may seem like a small thing, we should always refer to the Holy Spirit as he and not it. If we love God, we want to speak of God rightly. We want to speak of God the way that he speaks of himself. How would you feel if someone referred to you or someone in your family as it instead of he or she? It would be incredibly offensive. So that's our first question. The Holy Spirit is God and he is personal. On to our second question, what does he do? Well, again, as you're no doubt aware, there are some churches in which there is lots of focus on things like visions, dreams, prophecies, speaking in tongues. And some argue that we should expect to see exactly the same miraculous things now as they saw happening in the age of the apostles in the first apostles lifetime. Whereas in some other churches, they would argue absolutely against such a view. They would say that those expressions of the Spirit's ministry that we see in the Acts of the Apostles ended with the death of the last of the Apostles and with the completion 
of the Bible. Now this is where we risk getting into more controversial waters. And so I want to say that, uh, not least in the interest of time, I've chosen to focus on the absolute core of the Holy Spirit's role. Uh, those things which the New Testament focuses on as the fundamental work of the Holy Spirit. There may be other things that we would agree or disagree on, but these things are the fundamentals of the Holy Spirit's ministry. So what does he do? The Holy Spirit reveals Jesus to us and he reveals Jesus in us. He reveals Jesus to us and he reveals Jesus in us. The Holy Spirit reveals Jesus to us first and foremost by opening our eyes to see who Jesus is. Everyone who has become a Christian from that first day of Pentecost 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem to today has done so because the Holy Spirit opened their eyes to see Jesus for who he really is. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 3 says, No one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now, not that you can't speak the words Jesus is Lord without the Holy Spirit. Anyone can say those words. But to turn your life around, to repent, to believe so that you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that will only happen with the Holy Spirit's help. Without the Holy Spirit, no one becomes a Christian. If you're a Christian, it's because the Holy Spirit showed you who Jesus is and enabled you to repent and to believe. But the Holy Spirit's work in revealing Jesus to us doesn't stop there. He goes on showing us more and more of Jesus. And he does that first and foremost as we read his words, the Holy Spirit's words. Jesus in John chapter 6 verse 63 describes an intimate connection between his words and the Holy Spirit. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. And it's not just the words that Jesus spoke on earth, but all of God's words to us. One God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, united with one message, communicated to us perfectly in the words of the Old Testament and the New Testament, the whole Bible. Because it is the word of God, the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Peter, writing inspired by the Holy Spirit, told us this. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So, the Holy Spirit reveals Christ to us so that we accept Jesus and then learn more and more about 
Jesus. But he still doesn't stop there. He doesn't want us just to acknowledge the name of Christ, learn more about Christ, but for us to remain as we are. He wants a total renovation of our lives. And so he also works to reveal Christ in us. That is, it is the Holy Spirit's work to transform us more and more into the likeness of Christ. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 13 says it this way, sanctification is by the Spirit. Sanctification simply means being made more and more holy. And being made more and more holy simply means being made more and more like God. And it is the Holy Spirit who is doing this work in us. The passage that we had read today puts it like this in verse 17. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. If we are Christians, then the Holy Spirit in us makes war against our sinful desires. That battle in us, which the Spirit is fighting, is to reveal Jesus in us. As Paul goes on to say in our passage, the fruit of the Spirit, that which grows in our lives as he works, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. That is, the fruit of the Spirit is we become more like Jesus. So, the Holy Spirit, he's God. He's personal. He reveals Jesus to us and he reveals Jesus in us. There's so much more that we could say. And if you want to know more, do get in touch. I'd be very happy to talk to you um, more about this or to recommend any number of books, articles or more sermons on this. But for now, let's turn to our final question. So what? The Holy Spirit is God. He's personal. He reveals Jesus to us. He reveals Jesus in us. But so what? Well, I think the gift of the Holy Spirit is great news for any of us who have found lockdown a difficult time as a Christian. Because you might be thinking, well, church isn't happening. So the main thing in my Christian life, going to church on a Sunday, has been cancelled. This online service where we watch on a screen is all right, but it's just a pale shadow of what it was like to meet together and worship together. We are absolutely right that what we're doing here with watching something together on online.church or YouTube, well, no one's pretending it's as good as being there in person. But here's the thing. The church service on Sunday was never the main part of your Christian life. Going and sitting in a room and 
singing songs and saying amen to prayers and taking communion and listening to a sermon. None of those things are the main thing in our Christian life. Others might be finding the lockdown difficult as a Christian because they aren't able to do the things that they were doing before. For many, that can be how we feel validated as a Christian. We feel great when we're able to run around all over the place, serving in lots of different ways. And in lockdown, lots of the things that we could do before, lots of the ways we might have served, we can't do that. Love means staying away from people more than we would before. But the Christian life is also not mainly about doing things. The main thing in your Christian life is Christ being revealed in you. The main thing in our Christian life is our character, our words, our behaviour being formed more and more into the likeness of Jesus. The main thing in our Christian life is not what we do, but who we are. In Romans 8, Paul writes, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. And on first reading, we think, wow, that's great. All things for my good. That means I'm going to win the lottery, move to a lovely house in the country, get a sports car. But then we read on and we discover that working all things for our good means becoming more and more like Jesus. In all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose to be conformed to the image of his son. The Holy Spirit's main work is to conform us to the image of the Son of God. The Holy Spirit's main work is to make us more and more like Jesus by revealing Jesus to us and revealing Jesus in us. He does that by making God's word real to us, by enabling us to have a personal relationship with God, by changing our view of God, revealing him to us as Father, not just as rule maker or headmaster or distant creator. He does that by changing our view of other people to see them as God sees them, changing our desires so that we begin to love what he loves and to hate what he hates. Revealing Jesus to us and revealing Jesus in us was the Holy Spirit's main work before lockdown and it's the Holy Spirit's main work in lockdown. We may not be able to gather together on a Sunday or midweek for our small groups or for the monthly prayer meeting or the women's friendship group or for Sunday club or Friday club or Wednesday communion or for any of the other in-person face-to-face activities that we, that we used to do. But we can still be growing in the fruit of the Spirit. Now that means we will want to keep tuning in for Sunday uh, for church on a Sunday because then we can in a limited way sing truth, pray truth 
and hear truth. And that is one of the main ways that God uses to change us through his words. It also means we'll be wanting to read God's word for ourselves. This word is spirit and truth. And it means we'll be wanting to pray more. And pray more particularly for the spirit's work in our lives, praying for more of his fruit, that we would be more loving in lockdown, more joyful in lockdown, have greater peace in lockdown, bear with others in lockdown, be growing in kindness during lockdown, growing in goodness during lockdown, increasing in faithfulness, growing in gentleness, growing in self-control. That's the Holy Spirit's work as he reveals Jesus to us and then reveals Jesus in us through his fruit. What a wonderful vision to live for, seek for and pray for. Let's pray now that he would out indeed be at work in our lives. The Lord Jesus said, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Good Father, the greatest gift you give us is yourself through your Holy Spirit. Give us more of yourself, we pray. Show us more of Christ and show more of Christ in us. Make us those who meditate on your word, who believe your word, who obey your word and who desire more of you in our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name and for his glory.